and welcome to another episode of Behind the Fourth Wall, a podcast where we review movies, TV shows, and everything else pop culture. Today, we'll be talking about everything we dug into during the holiday season. My name is Emmett, and I'm joined by my co-host and stub member of the millennia, Ivan. We're talking AMC stubs, right? Sure. Okay, then yes, I agree. <laughs> Ivan, what'd you dig into over the break, other than the bean dip? Oh, dude. <laughs> okay. Got him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm working at the pounds off. <laughs> I know. It's so hard post-holiday to get back in the gym, especially with all the resolution people and yeah. realizing that we're resolution people for being there. Well, what's funny is, like, just, you know, this is, what, year three of me making an attempt to be as consistent as I can at the gym. And um, so I'm going at least... Anywhere from five to six times a week, and Ooh. definitely around this time is when you notice like a huge spike. And I don't know. I mean, like I'm, I commend people for trying to work out and stuff, but I you can tell who's not gonna stick around for the longest. There was a lady using the elliptical machine right next to me because I usually just wrap up my workouts with either the elliptical or the um the. That's great for knees. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, this one lady right next to me, she's getting on the elliptical, and I'm telling her, I'm like, hey, that machine doesn't work. It's It stops. It literally stops five minutes into your workout. And she's like, oh, no, it's turning on. It's fine. I was like, okay. So she's she's on there. And I, like, just, you know, at the corner of my eye, I'm just peeking through. It shuts down on her, like, three minutes in, and she's still pedaling away. But she's using the the two little grips, so kind of using it like if she's pedaling a bike instead of the <laughs> grabbing up, you know, and no resistance, no nothing. So you might as well be taking a walk, you know, because like, you know, without Ivan, you're yucking her yum. Let her work out, man. I'm just saying. But she... <laughs> she's powering the machine. She was on there. Letting it stay off. <laughs> she stopped five minutes in, started watching her YouTube video. <laughs> How to restart a elliptical <laughs> video? No, those were my. Th- that's what I was watching when I started going to the gym. But yeah, I you know I I give them till like maybe mid February. That's usually when people stop trying. Yeah, for sure. That that's generous. I think end of January. Before we get into anything though, New Year's resolutions. What are yours? I'm trying to get uh, less screen time, which is a funny thing to say on a. Uh, podcast about watching movies tv shows and everything else <laughs> pop culture but uh yeah i just want to put the phone down a little bit more what's your what's your screen time looking let's not talk about it ivan <laughs> well i'll share my phone's mine. not even near me it's in the other room i'm already doing my goals get off my I, def- I definitely will fail at that um, see like I, i'm so good if i just like leave it in the other room because i have no interest in like picking it up or like walking to the other room to go get it. <laughs> but if it's right next to me, then I'll just like pick it up and then put it back down. It's like, it's a yeah. bad addiction. I, I average like about nine hours and change. On the phone? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm, I'm usually around like six and, but like days where I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to use it. I'm just gonna leave it in the other room. I'm yeah. like sub two hours, which is like, it's very easy to get down there if you just don't have it in front of you. Yeah, and I, I have the whole, like, the screen doesn't turn off until I oh. shut it off. So Oh, I have that, too. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast on YouTube and just leave it face up, and I forget about it. Um, My big thing is, like, just delete all the time waster apps. Like, get rid of Instagram, get rid of YouTube, get rid of Bumble. Twitch. Sure. And then, but, like, if you still want to use YouTube on your phone, go to Safari and go to YouTube.com. <laughs> and it's so, <laughs> such an unpleasant experience that you're like, I don't even want to watch anything on Yeah, YouTube. yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. God. What about you, man? How about your res? <laughs> My big resolution for this year, honestly, I want to pick up. Increase I want your to, screen time? I want to increase my screen time. <laughs> I want 24 hours. By putting a new focus onto our pod here, um, <laughs> that's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> I'm all about that. Yeah, we uh, as a, for the listeners, we are planning a three month ahead schedule, and we're gonna get more consistent with our releases. Yeah, so I've I've mapped out 
what I'm what I'm gonna be doing on a week to week basis for it. I've kind of figured out a group, a better way to edit things, and it's just been kind of like a bit of a revelation to me. We <laughs> edit our pod. I thought we just send it out there. Oh no, I, I <laughs> honestly I feel like most of the time that's pretty much what I do. I just kind of cut a few things here and there, but like for the most part, um, everybody's kind of getting the genuine conversation we have here. Yeah, you can edit me out saying we edit us. Uh, our podcast and then edit that part out <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no that, that that's my resolution i'm hoping to kind of put a little bit of renewed focus maybe like in the in like q2 of this year we'll be looking at um doing something a little bit more out of the box yeah, q2 um, returns are going to be great invest yeah. now <laughs> go to Now's our the patreon <laughs> send us send us send us to our paypal as we should make a Patreon before someone squats on it and starts Honestly, yeah, uh, scamming other people. We probably should. <laughs> before they... uh, if you're listening out there, don't don't try and get there before us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, but yeah, I you know, I'm excited for this year. I'm excited that uh, we're kicking things off. I'm excited for a lot of things. And I just hope that this excitement is still here in March. So fingers crossed. I'm your accountability partner, and and so are the millions listening around the world right now. And in Uruguay, <laughs> that's around the world. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into what we're here to talk about, which is wait, let's yeah, let's do a little news before we get into the holiday uh, break. So not a lot happened over the break as far as news, but there was kind of one big storyline in our world uh, along the Star Wars Disney route. You want to break that down for us? Yeah, yeah. So we only had a brief chance to talk about this off can off 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 pod, um, but there was a pretty big story. I say big; it's not really big, but it's like it's, it's big in the social space, which is monumental. Yeah, yeah. If you go According on Twitter, the, the the sky is falling, guys. <laughs> if if you turn on Fox, it's the world's over. It's so funny how that kind of like. Does a whole chain reaction, but anyway, so the upcoming Ray film, which the last that we officially heard from Lucasfilm is supposed to be the next official Star Wars film getting released. Um, the director for the Ray film, which is uh, Charmino Bay Chinoy, uh, she will be the first woman to direct a Star Wars film. Uh, Star Wars film, I think there's been there's been women that have directed. We have uh, Deborah Chow and Bryce Dallas Howard who've done the shows, but for the film space, we haven't had that um, bit significance because she's the not only the first woman but also the first person of color to to direct a Star Wars film. Um, so there's been a couple of resurfaced remarks from a Women in the World Summit, which took place back in 2015, uh, and I think it was the, the panel in question was hosted by John Stewart. And uh, it was part of the Women in Film um, initiative. I think it was some sort of like conference or something. But basically, long story short, uh, there's a clip going around of her saying she likes to make men uncomfortable with her projects. And it just kind of like, if you take that out of context, she goes on a little bit of a rant about the patriarchy and just... You know, she she likes to make men uncomfortable. She likes to make sure that you know her message kind of comes across. A little bit of background: she has has been primarily like an activist turned filmmaker. Um, so a lot of her films, whether they be the short film stuff that she made before, uh, or the uh, feature film stuff that she's done a bit more prominently the last couple of years, uh, have been very like message heavy. So the panel again back in 2015, before she was associated with any Star Wars stuff was her comments were related to that about how uh, her work how she goes about putting messages in her work and what her ultimate objective is and again mind you activist turned filmmaker so that's kind of the you know the, the background of it but a lot of um a lot of controversy i guess has been kind of spilled out from this just because between that and a variety article that was released recently where she's talking she was basically kind of highlighting the excitement that she had as a woman of color being able to shape a Star Wars film. I think one of the quotes about it was like, finally, a woman gets to shape the Star Wars universe, uh, which some people responded negatively to. So then I guess somebody went in and unearthed this clip. Uh, I just found it kind of interesting because like you and I have kind of talked about like toxic fandom and stuff on here before. 
But this is kind of one of those examples of like the, this is like a big nothing burger. We haven't seen the frame of this film shot yet, and I think people are just jumping over, calling it woke, and calling it a whole bunch of other things. And I don't know. To me, just kind of, it's always fascinating to me what picks up a huge amount of heat like this when uh, you look at the whole thing in context, and it, it, it's again, it's a big nothing burger. Yeah, this screams just fear of change, and from one—I uh, don't want to say political party, but just one group of people that you know, can't accept that there are other viewpoints in the world. So it is upsetting that that's the major headline when it's like, oh, wow, we're actually going to continue Ray's story and let's be more interested in what, like, where they're going with that. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't really know a ton of her projects, although one of the more recent ones she's worked on was Ms. Marvel. She did a couple episodes as a director on that. So I enjoyed that show if she brings any of that stylistic and storytelling to the ray movie i'm sure it's going to be really good and to be honest like this franchise could use a shot in the leg of something new like the last trilogy had no direction because it just didn't it wasn't cohesive between movies there were good parts inside of those movies which we've talked about on episodes before but this what it needs most is one person kind of at the helm deciding this is where we want that whole arc to go. Now directors go and, you know, direct the individual movie within those boundaries. The other thing I think is like to, to bear in mind, like the, this movie has been written already and it's being rewritten a, a little bit more by one of the head writers for Peaky Blinders. So it's not like this is her, like, project from start to finish obviously there's mm-hmm. like whenever you hop onto a blockbuster it's a very collaborative experience yeah so like i'm looking at her directing skills to kind of see where things are going to go right like i'm not really looking at like the narratives that she's sewn before because i don't think they're really going to give her free range on this kind of thing but the problem is that like if it doesn't if it's not a box office hit if it you know has awkward scenes in it she's going to be the one taking all the blame yeah yeah and that that's the unfortunate part and i think that like you know before we went on our uh on our respective holiday breaks uh we had kind of talked about like kind of warming up a little bit to the last jedi and some of the sequel trilogy uh films uh upon like more recent viewings and that's the thing like i feel like like for ryan johnson in last jedi i really like a lot of his stuff outside of star wars and i think that i can kind of see some of that stuff creep into last jedi like the whole like you know like setting up expectations for one thing but then like completely pivoting to something else that's his trademark and yeah people might not like it and they might you know but it's it's different and it's something that at the very least i think for a franchise like star wars you kind of you you do need to shake things up every now and again because like everybody's star wars film is going to be it's going to be somebody's first so you know, you're. I think the purpose of this is to make sure the franchise lives on and all that. And I think that a fresh perspective can't hurt. Like, even if you don't like and like the film, there's like nine other films <laughs> you can look at. No, not not. There's more than nine other films, but you know, there's like a wealth of content here. So I don't know. It's just I'm just kind of tired of the negativity that I see sometimes. So people kind of jump in the gun on things. I'd also like back up the comments from 2015 that like that's not that controversial of a comment and also look at the other Star Wars movies men have been very comfortable viewers of that where it's just all action and the men are the heroes white men and the women are just occasionally like sex objects like Leia in the Jabba scene and then Padme in the Geonosis scene like Maybe it is time for a shakeup on that dynamic as well. Although I would, I would go for some more Padme and Genosis. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, there's got to be a balance. You got to have both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially the unnecessary scene where the creature just happens to rip off the bottom part of her top <laughs> for, <laughs> for no reason, just have, just for That's the sake of giving her a crop top. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was wearing the crop top before and just ripped the back. No, not that I know the scene by heart. <laughs> Um, and also, I guess, you know, let me be fair, though. Let me be fair. We did get a nice shirtless scene from Kylo Ren. So everybody's winning. There you go. High candy all around. I was uncomfortable during that scene. 
<laughs> so you know, that's what you meant by make men uncomfortable. It's already been accomplished. <laughs> I was uncomfortable with the uh, Luke getting the the uh, green milk out of the breast scene Ooh. of that creature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unnecessarily close in that scene. <laughs> All right. So I don't think we need to beat that uh, storyline too much, but it is something interesting to continue watching and see, you know, how, is, how does this movie actually do later on and, you know, what, what does she rightfully get credit for or wrongfully get blamed for and, and how that kind of shifts out. I'm going to show up to this movie with every single stereotypically woke thing that I can find to wear on my person just to intentionally incite anybody who may be antagonizing them. I don't think uh, unwoke people will be attending this movie. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's Star I'd be Wars happy if they don't. Keep them out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This reminds me of the whole like why was Finn why is there a black stormtrooper controversy oh before God. Force Awakens? Do you remember that? <laughs> that was so brutal. Yeah. It was also like from a trailer it, too. It was like that trailer was meant to be misleading in some yeah. ways. Oh, <laughs> uh, you just never know, man. Sometimes society doesn't cease to to surprise me. And then other times I'm just like, Yeah, this is you know, but it always it still does surprise you because you're like, we can't still be thinking like that, right? Oh yeah, that that one didn't surprise me too much, but like, it just you know, bad. All right, so why don't we get into a little bit about the holiday sesh? What did you get into, Ivan? Movies, shows, rewatches, new watches, watches um, on your wrist. Watches, not quite watches on my wrist, but 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 something, something near and dear to your heart, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. I went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I would love to get this background story because all I see is like what you're about to click on on the notes. And I just need to know how you got here. I went down the rabbit hole of Beyblade and it all started. <laughs> Let it, it rip. All, it all started with a TikTok video of this one guy um, challenging his like little cousin to like a Beyblade match. And it just fascinated me that these Beyblades were apparently metal back in the day. Like they had... Oh, yeah. We had metal Beyblades. No, um, no, we didn't. We always had plastic. That was probably homemade. <laughs> I don't know. So, so that's that's the big question I had at first because like I was like, wait, because I remember the commercials and I remember the little arenas with the little bowls and stuff, and you know, and I remember having one Beyblade at some point in my life. I, I must have been like seven or eight years old. But uh, anyway, I was like, wait, there's no way that it was constructed out of metal. So I went on the whole rabbit hole, like, were Beyblades made out of metal? So it turns out, yeah, there were. They just weren't the U.S. versions. like the <laughs> This is like USSR? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the imported versions of, of Beyblades were apparently, like, they had some metal in it. It wasn't, like, a full-on die-cast thing, but they were built with metal components. And so... Well, I, I had one U.S. base that had, like, a, a magnet inside it to like keep parts together but you're talking like a full-on 100 metal killing mm -hmm. machine yeah <laughs> sharpened claws on it which you can imagine what came up on my google search history after i put <laughs> were beyblades made out of metal and then and i where got can i buy them yeah <laughs> Then I got a scene, a clip from the from the anime that showed somebody shooting a sniper rifle, and out of the sniper rifle comes a Beyblade. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "Wait, what?" That made so much sense, and it still does. My favorite then... was the basketball and the football guy. Who just, one guy threw a football, and a Beyblade just burst out of the center of it. <laughs> I just, you know, what they remind me of the the Green Goblin's little gadget thingies that he flings at spider-man in that first film um but yeah i i got into beyblade lore for a bit and i was like what is this like why is this show looking so crazy and yet at the same time i can't look away um and yeah what i learned basically to sum this all up beyblade is insane um apparently in the show there were some like they whole, basically rebooted history to include that Beyblade was used to fight World War One, Two, and some sort of futuristic war. And then apparently Moses parted the Red Sea with his with his trusty Beyblade. That yeah, that could have happened. I'm, I'm sure. Pages of the, of the Bible. 
for sure. <laughs> That's the origins of the little um the the little what'd you call it? The the, the little Trail? top spinner. Yeah. <laughs> this guy doesn't know anything about I don't I don't <laughs> But that's, so that's you watched the, the whole series? I didn't watch the How? whole series. Where? I, I did not. I did not watch the whole series. I watched a few episodes, um, and then I also just kind of got into like compilation. Like people basically explained the Beyblade mm. lore and just the battle sequences. That's yeah, all pretty need. much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> is that all just YouTube or is that on something? Uh, YouTube and TikTok mostly. You were watching full episodes of. Beyblades from TikTok. Listen, TikTok. <laughs> what is TikTok? I I don't want to download this. I'm reducing screen time. <laughs> I would recommend you don't. Um, TikTok is such a time sucker, though. Honestly, like I I'll be watching full episodes of something, knowing full well that I can just go to the subscription <laughs> and watch it without having to go in parts. But I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Okay. The TikTok algorithm is. Uh... Well, that's a good rewatch there. I will I will give that credit, and that might eventually end up on one of my rewatch lists. Yeah, just start with that Moses scene and watch. You're, you're gonna get sucked right in. <laughs> All right, for my rewatch, I uh, introduced my parents to Barbenheimer, so I got to rewatch Barbie and Oppenheimer over the holiday break in one night, one sitting. No, we did it. Uh, I think we had a night in between, so across three nights, but we watched one a night kind of thing. Barbie. Loved. House hit. Everyone's laughing. Kennergy really killed. Uh, Oppenheimer also amazing. Those those two movies still stand up. Uh, what are we six seven months away? Yeah, they're gonna yeah. be Oscar hits, man. You know, if Josh Peck doesn't get a nomination for his role in Oppenheimer <laughs> for those five minutes that he was in there, I I you know I don't know. He what's had wrong like with one him. line. <laughs> And, but it was a majestic line. It you was don't even remember that line. line. <laughs> I yeah, I do. <laughs> uh huh. I won't quiz you on it. But no, that's a that's a great rewatch. Uh, Barbie now on Max, and then Oppenheimer we had to pay for on Apple. But you bought it? a movie off Apple? Rented. Oh. Rented, Ivan. Okay. Please. Okay. Not about ownership. No, not. Come on. Right, right, right. I forgot. My bad. My bad. <laughs> that, was, that was my rewatch. Anything new over the break? Um, I texted you about this one, but uh, I started What If Season 2, which kind of came as me a surprise too? to me. Yeah. I didn't... First of like, okay, I was kind of sour on Season 1. Like, I, I don't... I didn't hate it, but I also didn't particularly like it all that much. Yeah. It kind of got a little boring for me. Yeah. Um, But I think... Maybe three episodes in. First of all, I like the which would be hilarious if we go back and listen to the what if podcast app because you probably like this is the best show ever. <laughs> I don't think I said that about what if you say I'll... that on every episode. What are you talking about? I'll go back and check <laughs> and then edit it and re upload. <laughs> Just strap in my opinions from then, copy paste it up to here. No, I, I agree with you. I it, it had a ceiling and the ceiling was a little low where it was an interesting like, concept. They it just wasn't, you know, super creative or the format didn't allow for that much creativity because there's yeah. such short episodes. But sorry, go ahead. So season two. It uh I like the drop that they did with this one, which was basically nine straight days, one new episode every day between or like around Christmas time, pre-Christmas time all the way to New Year's. Um, I like that release schedule. I thought it was a nice surprise to to everybody. I like that I got a chance to literally just kind of binge it in a way, right? Because you're yeah. not really waiting all that long for it. Um, some of the highlight episodes for me were the um, the young Peter Quill episode, episode three. You liked that one? I liked it mainly because, like, the fact that you had, like, an alternate Avengers, but, like, in that setting, like, we were getting um, Ant-Man in his prime, Hank in his prime. I always wanted to kind of see that. Like, what would happen if we had a version of them back then? All right, don't break down every episode because we are doing a what if recording next week. Yeah, no, no. It's just like that, that was that was the <laughs> one that, that kind one of, stuck out to you. That one stuck out to me. And then um, the Kahori episode. Yeah, uh, that, that's my favorite so far. I still have a couple left. I love the way they just handled her powers and all that. I, 
she became a standout character and one that I wanted to see more of and we did it we did get more of her we just didn't get as much as I would have liked yeah give me a live action of that or or like introducing her in some movie yeah that'd be great like honestly I, w- I would take a movie even if it's just a straight up adaptation of what we've seen here but like how does something like that I don't want to go back to the news but like how does something like that not stir up Fox as well where it's like the wokeness of you know starring a indigenous person or native american person as the leading role i think 100 percent. if it would have been live action it would have caused that stir but because it's animation they put less of a of a focus it's on not it. even it's a not even a blip on their radar yeah plus i feel like like you know i don't know i feel like the there was no lead up to this either right like yeah I didn't know this was coming. But this um, is a quiet following for sure. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, the, the, but the the core message of the season, I I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was great. Um, there were so many episodes where I thought I could rewatch this again. Uh, but yeah, like it, it just I just really enjoyed it, and it was a nice surprise for me. I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying that too, and I, I look forward to our breakdown next week of the show, and then also kind of that coming up with phase four what ifs that we would like to see uh if we're doing new shows uh i've been watching monarch still we're obviously going to do a finale wrap up of that but i just have to say what the heck is going on with that show (laughs) it's so (laughs) bad now (laughs) it's taking a turn for the worse so i'm not fully caught up i'm in the episode where they're in san francisco spoilers (laughs) <laughs> Wait, in San Francisco, wasn't that in the first half that we already reviewed? No, that's like towards the, the the back half, isn't it? I don't know. This whole thing blurs together. It's like the same episode over and over is what I'm getting. And it's just like one camp convincing the other camp that they're right and the other people are wrong. And then they say, no, we're right. You're wrong. <laughs> it's just, it's so bad. It had such a strong start, too. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not I, I'm not hating as much as I'm up to yet. I, I have a little bit of catching up to do, though, so my opinion might change dramatically. But um, it definitely did take a little bit of a dip after that Ice Monster episode for me. Yeah. It's getting less about the monsters and more about the people, and that's when you take that dangerous turn. It's like, this show was always about people. I'm not going to say that, you know, this is a surprise now because that was the whole point of the show. But for the balance that they had in the first few episodes, they've lost that balance where it's now 95% humans and 5% monsters. Yeah. I was just kind of hoping that we'd get to see like a regular person's view of like living in a world where Godzilla is a thing. And And we sort of get that, which is, which is nice, but it's also like you get these extremist views of like, we have to support Godzilla or we have to destroy Godzilla. And it's like the people in charge of actually making those decisions, which you're right. I want the more regular person who has to live with the fear of like not being able to make a choice about what's going on in the world. Yeah, I want the guy that like I want the series where Godzilla squishes this dude's house the first episode. <laughs> and then for the rest of the season, he's trying to get these insurance to pay he's up. Like so filing claims. Clear. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. Please, it's a it's a cause of nature. Now, sorry, that was a that was a creature, not nature. <laughs> sorry, the name God isn't Godzilla, so it was an act of God technically. <laughs> not covered. I'm watching you. Oh wait. <laughs> uh, so monarch monarchs, I've been keeping up with what if as well. Uh, but Reacher, you you've been watching Reacher yet? On, I on did Prime. Get- I did get. It. I've I've been, I've been on the Alan Richardson binge. Yeah, this guy's humongous. <laughs> I went back and finished Titans during the holiday break, which not a good idea. It was a terrible show. Um, but Reacher, oh my god, like yeah. such classic. a one eighty for him, like classic Reacher. But he is like he's playing a different version of Reacher than the first season. He he's much more like. Um, did you ever watch The Accountant? with uh yes with ben affleck. ben affleck yeah he's he's going for that right <laughs> it seems that way he's like playing sure. a highly functional autistic person <laughs> yeah which kind of like like with the accountant i could kind of see some of the um 
like an effort, I guess, to try and like cover like, oh, this is a legitimate autistic person. But sometimes like it's just kind of like an element that they kind of throw in there, like an afterthought, but don't really put too much thought to it. You got the I mean? first like, season. He was nothing like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's a weird pivot. And I get yeah. that a couple years have gone by between seasons, but um, and I'm not going to break this down as a show where we have to analyze it because it's truly is nothing oh, more should. than just a shooter we should do <laughs> a, an episode for each episode uh no we're not going to do that but it's just a fun watch i i really love when these shows come out this and jack ryan that's kind of like the only content on prime that i really can like religiously get into no or like the boys for. i've kind of lost it with the boys i did watch uh, gen v which I thought was was pretty good. Like it took a little a little bit, but I I thought it was a yeah. solid show. But like Rings of Power, it's like, what are we gonna get? One of those seasons every three years or something like that. Whenever they recharge on Amazon Prime subscription monies to be able to afford another season. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting out of mine when mine's renewed. I gotta. I, well, I don't want to support the the big guys anymore. Yeah, it's hard for me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should consider it. Yeah. You don't have to. I didn't mean to pressure you on live air. No, you live? could. You could. I I need I need to be more woke on this situation. <laughs> I want you uncomfortable as a man. <laughs> thank, thank you for making me uncomfortable because that's the only way that I can clearly see the problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got our rewatch, we got our shows. Any movies? Um or anything yes. else pop culture? <laughs> we can actually live up to that part of the name i saw iron claw which i see that you have as that's on my up next yeah um oh my god dude (laughs) it's it's up there and i think um i'm kind of mad it came out so late because had it had come out a little bit earlier it probably would have been on my list of like top movies that we did on our last episode yeah um it's that good it's 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 a tearjerker, man. It's so I know like I don't I don't know if you're familiar with the story of the Von Eriks um in general because I only knew about it because I was super into like wrestling back in the day. What? Um, <laughs> love the WWF days, man. Like the, but, like the, Nacho that, Libre. Yes, the Nacho Libre era. <laughs> <laughs> no, the 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 Rock Stone Cold the Federation Kane Undertaker era. Yeah, like I okay. that was the era that I was into. Dang, I can um, I don't picture that for you. But now I can see you in a in Madison Square Garden with a homemade sign like Undertaker, take him. Oh, <laughs> picture that, but I was outside of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Dang, okay. So you 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 knew about this story because I, I really don't know much going into it. I knew about it because of when and again, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the with this name either, but when the Chris Benoit incident happened, which is the murder suicide stuff. So, a little bit of background: Chris Benoit was a wrestler during the WWF to WWE era. Um, he, ba- he basically like he ended up murdering his wife and his son, and then killed himself. And it, it was a big thing, right? Because like the, the, the WWE put out a tribute episode to him like about 24 hours after his death. And then only after that did everybody find out the details of what happened. Um, but it became a huge focus because they're like, oh, was this caused from wrestling? Was this like, you know, w- was he just a bad person? And then after months of all this research and stuff, um, they came to find out that he had um, a form of like early onset dementia and a couple of other issues like like CT, uh, I think they call it CTE or something like that. Um, due to repeated injuries to the brain so not there's you know nobody's ever going to know why he did it necessarily but there is a pretty big consensus that that had a big impact on on what to do so as a result anyway i'm getting off track here but uh, because of that incident there was a lot of numerous documentaries that came out around that time regarding injuries in the sport and the Von Eriks were at the top of the list in terms of like some tragedies that have happened within the wrestling community. And so they, the, their family was very pivotal to like establishing wrestling as we know it today. So it, it just, it was a family with a very sad, tragic backstory that I don't think ever really got the time of day in the mainstream. 
And so to have a movie like this, which is missing a couple of elements of the story, it's missing one character in particular. Um, but I think it's it, it paints them in a very sympathetic light and you kind of see a very blunt reason as to why things kind of happen. And there's one surviving Von Eric brother and he was a consultant on the film. So he was pretty happy with, uh, with the release. The performances are stellar, man. Like this is, to me, this might be Zac Efron's best role. You know, second only to High School Musical 3. I was, I was um, going to say. <laughs> or what's the one where he, uh, Matthew Perry becomes Zac Efron? 17 oh, again. 17 again. <laughs> That's up there. <laughs> now, he, he did a total transformation for this. Um, and I think not just physically. It, it seems like he put a lot of effort into the role itself, which is going to be amazing to watch for myself. So I'm happy that you loved it. My brother was a big fan of it as well. Jeremy Allen White was in this too. The yeah. From The Bear and from Shameless. I always forget he was in Shameless, but yeah. yeah. I mean, he was looking pretty big in The Bear, so that kind of makes sense now that he was probably working out for this movie. Well, he had to. He had to portray a bear in that show. So I think you might want to rewatch that. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure he was the best cousin. <laughs> All right, so that's a that's a great recommendation there. I'm definitely gonna go watch that. Um, if it doesn't snow a crazy ton this weekend, oh, uh, right. I actually name? renewed my Regal membership for a month because I really what? just want to like I really want to bang out some movies. Are you saying for the first time in a while we both are consistently on? A movie pass. subscription service. I did a one month episodes. membership. I'm will probably cancel it in a, in two months. They're too expensive, Ivan. And even like I get the whole point of like you get your money back in two movies. It's like yeah, but then I have to go see a movie that I probably didn't want to see. <laughs> They're a great seasonal thing though. Like if you yeah, start one in the summer, so. right? Like it's very much worth it. But then like you're right. If it's not if you're not consistently going, it, it becomes a problem. Well, right now too, when you get some of these like Oscar push movies that uh, that you want to go see, like I, I I think right now is worth it, and I think in the summer is also worth it. Uh, I think you're right there. Yeah. Uh, any other new movies that you want to talk about or shows or anything? Uh, no other new movies for me, but I did um, I did watch Percy Jackson, and I've been I've been yeah, how's watching that going? Percy Jackson. It's going well. It's four episodes in. And um, so I read the first Percy Jackson book, and I think because I like, I don't think it was within our age demo by the time that we that they started releasing the other books. But the first book was released, I think, around like it must have been like mid two thousands ish or so. Yeah, was that not for us? I guess not. <laughs> I thought we but, were young adults around that. But it was it was a big um it was a big deal for especially a lot of the Gen Z kids growing up uh the the book I think it's about five main books and then apparently seventeen in total of like that that to me I was like seventeen that sounds like Magic Treehouse level of uh I don't know if you read any of those books either Party but Boys level that yeah there you go Nancy Drew also while we're tossing oh, sure. a whole bunch of these literary icons All right. make me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> Here's one that will make you a comfortable. Amelia Bedelia. Yeah, you remember her? <laughs> She's an icon yeah. that needs a show. Um, but yeah, we're, we're four episodes in. As of now, we're recording this, what, on Friday, January 5th? So uh, we're they're dropping one episode a week. I think the first the first week they dropped two. But uh, so far, so good. I, I'm enjoying the performances. It's definitely... It feels very much like it's following a book's narrative versus being paced uh like a normal show um the performances are solid i i've seen some criticism about it being a bit too slow paced and stuff but if you've read the books and you've enjoyed it it looks like those folks are relatively happy with what's being portrayed on here um as more of an outsider as I, I did read the first one but i'm not you know i don't recall it too much it's it's a pretty solid uh, series that kind of reminds me of those early Harry Potter films. So if if you're you know I, I I would recommend it. I think it's it's not a like solid A plus show, but it's a solid A minus for me. Is it something I should like catch up and then 
kind of keep up with or just wait for it and then binge it kind of thing honestly i because we're like halfway through the season at this point i would wait until all the episodes are out yeah. and binge it because it's one of those because this um the first three episodes i think are, are well paced as standalones but then this fourth episode definitely was the first time that i felt like oh it felt like you gave me half an episode and then just kind of mm. it's the same length it's just that yeah it just kind of builds up to something and right when it's getting to the point it stops so gotcha. Yeah, maybe yeah, more it, of intro. It doesn't seem like it's having like a cultural moment where it's like, did you see what happened? So those those types of shows I I enjoy. I just want to wait for the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll like it though. Like if you like the first couple of Harry Potter films, I think this is gonna be right up your alley. Wasn't Nick Cage in Percy Jackson? In the films, he was right. I think so. He might have been in the second one. The the cast for this show though has been like folks I didn't think were going to be like invited to be a part of this kind of thing. Like we have some wrestlers on the cast too, which I was like, wait. <laughs> oh, okay, Ivan, big yeah. wrestler guy now. Now I know. Well, only for that early two thousands era. <laughs> In the year two thousand. I just remember the choke slams. I don't know what's going on anymore now. So that that explains why you are the way you are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Severe traumatic brain injuries from trying to recreate wrestling moments. <laughs> All right. Uh, I had a couple movies that I want to put out there. Uh, Maestro. I I absolutely loved it. It's we're going to do a full breakdown because we're doing a whole Oscar prep type of thing. Uh, so I won't get into all the details, but Bradley Cooper acts his heart out in this. Um, yeah, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, it's on Netflix right now, so definitely watch it. It's, if you have Netflix, very easy to access. Um, there's one scene in there. Like I, I take the approach where I love to get all the little like prep interviews and like press runs watched beforehand. Because I actually enjoy them, like breaking down the scene and then watching it and watching that scene. Uh, so there's a great actors on actors where he's with um, Emma Stone. Yeah. Uh, recently, so they she's breaking down poor things and he's talking about Maestro. They have such a long, uh, long-standing friendship that they're like just great chemistry on that. Uh, so that's a really good one to watch if you want to. He, he breaks down this like six-minute long single like no cut scene uh in the movie that's just so powerful so i either watch that before or after because it's it gives you so much like so much good details and like it's like watching lord of the rings when like aragorn kicks the helmet and everyone's like did you know he broke his foot like it's one of those things where it's like oh did you know that this was like one take and that it was on the third day or whatever like it's very cool i love those um actors on actors roundtable discussions good yeah. yeah, the ones recently have been really good. Um, Killian Murphy with uh, Margot Robbie was amazing. Um, there was one with Anne Hathaway and Emily Blunt, too. That was a great one. Whoever's doing the pairings on these, like, they need a raise. Like, this is, They're I don't know what it is, but it always results in such a, like, fruitful discussion between it, two actors. You know what it is? It's They're just pairing them with people that they've acted with before. So you know that they want to go do that interview. It's not going to be a chore of a press tour. Like those those press tour days are insane of just like going from hotel room to hotel room of just like, all right, you're asking the same question that they just asked in the other room. So I have to give you a new answer. Uh, but these are so different where it's just like, go in there and, and have a chat with your friend and talk about the movie that you just watched of theirs. Yeah, but also you get those ones like Diego Luna and Hayden Christensen who definitely haven't been in the project together before yeah and that that one was one of those where like they were they were you know they were gassing each other up <laughs> with their it's a lot of gassing roles. up in these in these actors on actors yeah but it it works so well because it feels so genuine for yeah. these and i don't i don't know about you but sometimes i'll be watching like a press check and, and it like the standard questions and stuff just kind of feel so generic it's, and so uninspired or, or the theme of their sh like show that they're recording like play with puppies and answer these same generic questions. It's like, the, that's the yeah. same thing as what that other person just asked me to do. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so that one, we'll, we'll obviously talk more about that um, 
in the Oscar prep, but the one that I want will probably not come up later is um, have you watched American Symphony, Jean Baptiste documentary? I have not. No. Go go watch that this weekend. Like that is Netflix. Yeah, I think okay. it's on Netflix. Um, it's a it's a heart wrencher, man. Like I didn't know this guy like at all beforehand. Uh, I knew the name. I knew barely from him being the lead of the band on Colbert Report, but that was it. And now I'm like hooked on this guy's music. His story is just so heart wrenching. It's so beautiful. Like he's at the top of his career. He's ascending, and his wife, who he marries during the filming of the documentary is dealing with like a second bout of cancer. Like we see her first one and then she gets, goes into remission and then gets it again. It's like he, he's at the lowest in his personal life and at the highest of his career. And it's like, it's such a interesting balance that they're showing on this thing. And the music just makes it all the more um, impactful and powerful. Jesus. So I, I know the name from somewhere and I'm just like looking him up real quick, but, you said he was on the Colbert uh, band? Yeah, he was like the lead of the band. So um, the same way that it's like Questlove and the Roots for Jimmy Fallon or, or yeah. um, what's the other guy's name? But American Symphony is, he was able to uh, build out a whole, a whole performance and show uh, to be played at Carnegie Hall. Um so that was like the symphony that they did there, but it wasn't like recorded and put anywhere else. It was like a one night show only. So we get a little like behind the scenes to it. And there's a lot more that like the audience in the room didn't get to experience because we as a camera crew got to see like behind the scenes. So we had a different experience than them. Uh, it, it's just like, it's one of those documentaries that just like makes you happy that we're like, we're still producing good documentaries out there. That's so cool. I, I, I do enjoy a, a good documentary here and there. So I'll definitely add it to my to my list. Yeah, I absolutely do. That was it for my list, though. I mean, holidays, as always, go pretty fast. Yeah. There's only one other thing I wanted to bring up real quick, just because, you know, we're Ooh. pop culture nerdy podcast. So I started a, and oddly enough, the... I think yesterday I, I also found out that my niece has gotten into it as well. So <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to the next time they're over. Um, but uh, I started re-binging uh, X-Men, the 1990s animated series. Oh. They dropped the whole thing on Disney Plus some time ago. It's it's not new. But um, here's something that I had heard rumblings about. I thought it was just kind of one of those like somewhere down the line we're going to do, but not immediately. X-Men 97, which is a continuation of the 1990s X-Men animated series, is coming up in March of this year. So just to kind of prep for it, during the holidays, I've been trying to sprinkle in some X-Men episodes here and there just to kind of get back into the into that. I, I know it was one of my favorite animated shows when I was a kid. Um, it was a staple definitely coming home, watching you know the, the Fox Kids animation block. Um, which then at some point got replaced with the uh, Kids WB uh, block. But uh, yeah, I've been re-binging it. And I'm going to be honest, obviously there's like a lot of cheesiness to it just because it's an old show from like the 90s. But it's kind of reigniting my my love of the X-Men here. Like <laughs> It's just kind of bringing me back to that, to that era. So the show holds up if you're... You know, if if you at all have a little bit of time the next couple of weeks or so, I would recommend checking some of those episodes out. They've kind of remastered the sounds on it as well. So it doesn't sound the way that it used to before. They kind of like brought it to modern specs, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, but yeah, like it's just it was just kind of like a sweet little nostalgia boost for me in the last couple of weeks. Sweet. I bet you're looking forward to uh, Hugh Jackman coming back for Deadpool 3 then. Oh, dude. The fact that that's the one single MCU film this year, it better deliver. <laughs> it will. I think it will, too. Even honestly. at its worst, it won't be worse than like Captain Marvel or like any of the recent yeah. projects. We, just, we need a good win, man. I'm excited for that, and I'm excited for the fact that um, the Echo series that's coming out recently yeah. has been kind of 
reigniting the whole Daredevil Netflix stuff. Um, the, oh, by the way, apparently the Daredevil Netflix series is now MCU canon confirmed. Whereas before, people were like, "Is it? Is it not?" Oh, glad I watched them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Investment paying off, I guess. Thank you for certain. pushing me into it because it it was such a good show. I can't believe I waited so long on it. Have you seen the stuff coming out for Echo? It looks pretty good from what I've seen. But I've been pretty radio silent on it. Like I haven't looked into spoilers or trailers or anything like that. Like I I don't want to get my hopes. It's one of those shows where I don't want to get my hopes up because like Hawkeye yeah. was kind of brutal. So it it could be either great or it could be more like a Hawkeye. And I you know I don't want to bash it too much, but it wasn't great and. I think we kind of got our hopes up like, oh, this could be a really fun show, like a, a character that is kind of a C-list on the, on the team. Will they have fun with it? And it just didn't turn out the way we kind of wanted it to. Well, I will say like, I don't, you know, obviously I can't speak to whether it's going to be good overall or not. But the stuff that we've that we've that I've been seeing from like the clips of the fighting and all that, it, it's it feels like they went back to the Netflix roots of it yeah. for this. So I'm excited about that. Like, I think that aspect alone just shows that Marvel kind of took a step back and was like, okay, well, maybe let's, you know, let's not try to do the regular MCU formula and just kind of go back to what's worked with these street level heroes. Um, but I'm ex- I'm excited just to see what they do with it. I honestly, as long as it's good, you know, like I'm not expecting great or anything out of this, but I want that Netflix vibe, man. Like, get, yeah. if it's as good as season two of Punisher. Which was not great, but it was, you know, it was just good, then I'll I'll be happy. All right. So why don't we get out of here? We're gonna do uh Marvel What If coming up. We'll have Monarch wrap up, we'll do Oscar preps, we'll do Echo. We got you know the next couple months planned here, so stay tuned for more frequent episodes. Um until then though. Thanks for thanks listening. Thanks for listening.